Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Bottoming, the LGBTQ mental health podcast about rock bottoming and beyond. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BottomingPod or visit BottomingPodcast.com for more content relating to each episode. We've also added a support page to the website to direct you to the right place if you're struggling or need someone to talk to. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Hello, my name is Matthew. And I am Brendan and our pronouns are he and him and another week down, another episode <laughs> for your ears. Must be fed up of us, but we're back. I'm you won't see us for six months. Yeah, you won't see us for six months, so Yeah, that's true. Yeah, take Get us all get us all the heart. <laughs> um The reason that we're back for this very special, very short episode, we will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um is because Last week, 1st of July, uh, it was the 50th anniversary of the very first Pride March um, that took place in London. You may also know it was also the official Pride in London mm-hmm. um, over the weekend as well. So there's been a lot happening um, over the last week, hasn't there? So much. So, so, so much. It was a very busy day. Um, and yeah, we said in the past couple of episodes that we'll be going to this march... Um, and I think it was, I don't know if we're talking about it straight away, but I think it was, I've never been in a march myself. I've, I've been to protests and, but I've never been in a march start to finish mm-hmm. and I don't know, felt a part of something because obviously Pride in London, it's very corporate and only certain people are in the march. And so it's always quite exclusive in that, res- that mm-hmm. regard. So this was a very, a very, very welcome change and very yeah it was just very very heartwarming experience yeah it was led by the well some of the original marchers from 50 years ago mm-hmm. um one of whom you will hear in this episode philip 
Um, yeah, but we started the day actually by visiting Tonic. So if you're just listening for the first time, I used to work at Tonic Housing, which was the UK's first LGBT uh, affirming retirement community. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I left, I remained friends with some of the residents there that had moved in. They love you, honestly. No, aren't they just the best? Oh, they so really... We... <laughs> it, oh, it was so nice to actually see them in person because obviously... You can tell me things about it, mm-hmm. but I mean, if I'm not there, I'm not going to ex- exactly witness yeah. what it feels like, but they just love you so much. You can really, yeah. really, it emanates <laughs> from them. Uh, so we started the Friday uh, with a nice coffee, some gorgeous biscuits at Lydia's. Um, mm. We saw Min, we saw Willie. Yeah, and then we went to the march, um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves and uh-huh. we will be able to share some of those beautiful clips Yeah. shortly, but first, how have you been mm-hmm. the last week? I I think I've been good. Yeah, it's just been full steam ahead with Mm -hmm. dissertation stuff with uni, um, with this. We've had an episode out last week. And so there's just been things to keep doing, which I think also helps with my mental health in a way because um, I'm not just sitting with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And as people may know, I don't have a day-to-day job, just have this podcast and um, my master's. So although I do have a job interview today, so please wish me luck. So it's not like I have a, a, a general routine of like get up, go to work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it does help when there's other projects on. So yeah, I think I'm just I've been treading treading water, doing mm. doing doing my thing, and um, I will say you'll probably get a sense of what it was like to be there. I think we invested in a bit of a, di- a, a little dick to phone, and um, it helps with the audio quality, but also it really captured what it felt like to be there mm-hmm. at, on the march. And I think the fact that we were there to get some quotes as well, that pushed us to speak to more people, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, that that is always an affirming thing for me. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I really love that. It really just boosted my um, love of the, the little community that we're in. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, I think similarly, it was a very busy week last week, wasn't it? Mm. Um, the last few days, last couple of days anyway, especially over the weekend, I think I've been feeling a little bit worn out with it all, like mentally and physically. Um, I had a little hospital appointment that I needed to go and get something checked. Yes, yeah. Um, a little thing on my face that I thought was potentially going to be skin cancer, which we don't think it is, but I need to have that removed. So that was the start of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some bigger news is in between all of this and pride and episodes and work. Um, I'm going to be moving back to Liverpool pretty soon. <laughs> this is well. the first time I'm hearing about this. How <laughs> dare you drop this on me live on air. Um, yeah, there's been a few, a few big family changes and things that I need to uh, just be a bit closer to home for. So um, yeah, it's never been something that I thought I would say. Not anytime soon, anyway. Um, but I'm at the point now where I'm actually, I'm actually excited. I think um, I've confirmed the flat last week, which is beautiful. Mm. Last night, I bought a new bed frame, a new mattress. We've been couch hunting. You've been helping mm-hmm. me with that, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely gonna um, be a massive change because I've not lived there as like a working adult, so. I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm just trying to focus on all of the exciting things um, and new things that I'll get to do, 
and see and explore and also be able to live alone for the first time in my life which is just amazing mm-hmm. um but yeah it it was a really nice it was a nice week but all of the other things we're doing at soul lord thank you scott oh, for yes, the for that invite soul lord and ali pali which is amazing uh we went cl- queer climbing didn't we on thursday oh, just that to was fun. start the pride weekend with alistair and jamie mm-hmm. um yeah and then march to house stand boots all day on friday so it was definitely a very rich and fulfilling week but i think it really hit me on, on the, over the weekend um and then i fly to rwanda later this week so just constantly on the non-stop. move <laughs> jesus and then before i know i'll be in liverpool so yeah uh, yeah i think i'm just it keeps coming in waves i'm just trying to not let it overwhelm me yeah just trying to paddle she said paddle yeah. and paddle paddle i think um yeah because you're going to be what you've got maybe a month left in mm-hmm. london mm-hmm. so it's going to be full steam ahead mm. um but like you said just keep ticking those little things off the furniture list mm-hmm. you've got your place you've got a job thankfully you can yep. work remotely yeah um and yeah it'll be amazing mm-hmm and luckily, I mean, we're doing this at the minute on Zoom anyway, so it's going to feel the exact same. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, good luck. Wish you the best. And um... <laughs> have a good life. Okay, sir, sir. What will be, will be. So, the next 15 minutes or so, it's going to be a few quotes and some atmospheric chants from the Pride 50 March with Gay Liberation Front from Friday the 1st of July. Because, well, I suppose there's a reaction to Pride in London being a bit of a corporate fest. It's not really for queer people. It's not about change for, you know, queer rights. It's just a big opportunity for corporations that uh, that do a lot of harm in terms of like the arms trade, like all these people sign up to Pride in London, give loads of money, and get to parade themselves as queer allies, and that's not that's not allyship. Like yeah. that's that's just privilege, and it's just yeah, it sucks. So, uh, Lesbians Against the Migrants were created in 2015, and we were we kind of saw that basically there was a kind of demonization and a criminalization of uh, refugees and migrants in the same way that there was for queer people back in the day, around the time of the first Pride March. Um, And so, yeah, uh, we kind of recognised that persecution, that criminalisation, that demonisation, and we sort of recognised that we needed to stand in solidarity with people that are being criminalised today. Uh, And that's just got worse with the Nationality and Borders Bill at the end of the hostile environment. You know, like, it's looking worse and worse. It's only a couple of days ago that an LGBTQIA plus person was deported to Nigeria. Um, And, you know, so it's really important that we come here today to say, like, there's certain people that should not be in pride. Cops, the Home Office, private security companies like Serco, G4S, uh, the arms companies that make weapons. Like, there's so many different groups that are on pride marches. And because it's a big piss-up, because there's just lots of people having a really lovely time, people don't really think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the wake of uh, everything that's happened in the last few years, people are a bit more conscientious about what's happening at Pride. So, yeah, that's why we're here. We
think for me, community is super important. And this is where I think I'm definitely feeling community today. And I think the mainstream pride has definitely forgotten some of the values that I always hoped that the queer community would just hold yeah. inherently and not, not like almost didn't need to be said. Yeah. But that's why I put these on my on my banner. So reproductive rights, trans rights, climate justice, migrant rights. That's not a, a finished list, but yeah. those things are really important. And I wish that that was sort of absolutely part of right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I am a leather worker. I have like a little oh, queer. Oh, I have a little queer leather business. Amazing. Yeah. What's so, the? Is there an Instagram? It's called yeah. It, it's called Quama Leather. Q U A M A R um, Leather, and I'm on Instagram, and I make lots of queer leather stuff. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I think it's just really beautiful to kind of have a community-led thing because the Pride in London like corporation can feel so isolating, can feel so like grim. Yeah. Uh, like we were lucky, so we launched at Pride in London, so I, I can't like hate them too much, but we were kind of lucky that we happened to be near a nice community group and it was cute because we could just as easily have been sat behind the fucking Sainsbury's juggernaut yeah. and then, you know, with their like terrible music and just been stuck there and it would have felt quite soulless. And there's lots of groups that end up like that and get like sort of consumed by it. And I remember going and seeing Pride in London a few times watching it and like it's cute because you get these little groups that are like a local community group and they're really sweet but behind them is is Barclays or is whatever and I just don't care and I, so I like the idea of it just being this and also I mean as much as we're fighting for the future in X, Y and Z 50 years from the first ever Pride is a really momentous thing and the fact that we've got some of the people from the original time who helped organise this as well as that I think it would be kind of wrong not to commemorate that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and what I see from spaces like this is a very active solidarity. I've had loads of people coming up and being like, oh, you've got the Roma flag, tell us about that. How are you doing with the Police Crime Sensing Courts Act? This, that and the other. There's like a genuine care in spaces like this that when it becomes so sanitised, when it becomes so sanitised, it kind of it eliminates almost the ability to do that kind of... Sort of integrating and seeing each other, and I, I just find this event so much more uplifting feeling than um, like at Pride in London, you have to sit for like two hours in a fucking holding pen before you're even allowed, and it just feels very like bizarre. Yeah, whereas this, like, we all turned up, we're all just having a nice time, yeah. and in, in the world that we live in right now, which is, um, I don't know if you read the news, it's a bit of a fucking demented slaughterhouse, so it's quite nice to have a thing where it feels celebrated. Yeah. It isn't just like, oh, isn't everything shit? But there is a kind of sense of, well, if in no time with no money we can mobilise this amount of people and block yeah, Oxford yeah. Street, maybe things aren't as bleak as they look in the newspapers. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it is quite important for people. Do you think there's been a shift in like how people are seeing the political side of it more? Like a few years back, it was just, I guess, seen more as a big party. We've seen more, as you mentioned, like the, the police and bill. As more things like that happen and people are more aware, do you think that shifted? Yes, but I, I mean, you say that like it's a positive, but I think it's it's only because it's become so blatant now that like you yeah. couldn't ignore it. Like 10 years ago, I think it'd be quite easy to live your little 
happy life where you, you pop to Soho now and then and you go to your gay clubs and you come back to yeah. your little cosy home and you don't feel under attack. But now there are enough people that genuinely do feel under attack that like it's I think it would be very hard to not feel confronted by the environment we're in at the moment. Yeah. So like it's not wholly positive that we're all here because it means that we're all a bit frightened. But um the fact that we're here rather than just being frightened at home is the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, it can be quite yeah, easy yeah. for us all to feel resigned, but we said, no, like, we're going to come out and do a thing that's not the corporate pride, that's not, like, just sitting at home and fretting and doing internet stuff, but it's being being here and, like, talking to loads of people from loads of different groups and them being interested in us and us being interested in them. So, as bleak as it could look, I'm trying to be uh, positive, partly because otherwise I'd be a very, like, miserable interview and you'd cut me <laughs> from your show. So, um, Traveller Pride is an organisation for LGBT uh, travellers in the UK, and we use Traveller to be a very wide term, so that's kind of Romany gypsies, Irish travellers, Scottish travellers, showmen, new age travellers, people that live on canal boats, people that have or have had a, uh, a nomadic habit of life. Because sort of, it's an intersection that like most people don't know anything about travellers, yeah. um, and it's not through like malice. It is just like we're not in the papers. We're not in the like. When's the last film you ever saw that had a traveller in it yeah. that you could be like, oh, that's a character I identify with. That's not two D. Mm. This just doesn't happen. Yeah. And so, it's about just sort of creating a bit of awareness for an intersection that exists that people don't even think of. I get loads of people that say like, I didn't think gypsies could be gay, which obviously is hilarious if you think about it for two seconds, but it's just because they've yeah. never been exposed to anything other than a very, very rigid stereotype of this is what gypsies look like. Yeah. So part of it is about representation, but we also, um, with increasing sort of visibility and stuff, we're putting on more like community facing things. We have a regular meetup in London. We're trying to start one in uh, in Manchester soon. We're just looking for a space. Uh, we're going to be, a, I don't know when you're going to use this um, audio. Okay, so we're going to have a stall at Trans Pride Brighton um, and anyone can come up and see us and kind of get more information. We'll have leaflets and bit. We're going to be really professional there rather than here where I've just rocked up <laughs> and wasn't expecting to be interviewed. <laughs> trans brothers sisters people like I really want to stand up and remember that and remember that I think today is really important because you've got the people at the front of the march who originally started this and I know things are not great right now for LGBTQ people but back then it was particularly difficult uh, I would say and so that coming back to see them do the same route that they did is just amazing and, and just give them like the credit and respect I think that they deserve and that's why not turning on my film, but why I think it's really important to kind of look back and celebrate the people in history that kind of forged a way for us to have the equal rights that we have now, but for us to come back and support them now as well, because those rights are never yeah. always guaranteed, they're always at risk. So it's just a wonderful kind of, I think, historical cycle, really. Yeah, okay. so you mentioned the film that you're doing. Can yeah. You just give us a little overview of that and where people can go to help fund it. Yeah, definitely. So I'm making a film, it's called Don't Say Gay, which is based on the title, the adopted title of the Florida Bill that's actually coming to 
action today. So in three hours, children in Florida are going to wake up and basically relive Section 28, which we lived for 15 years in the UK and still live because education isn't fixed. So I'm making a film that does two things. First is to tell the historical narrative of how quickly that legislation came into power, um, how dangerous um, it was, and the fight that ensued against it, bringing the LGBTQ community together. The second part is to show them what impact that had and really tell the silence that it had for people like me. I'm in my 30s, but I went to school under it. But also the silence that continued in terms of a lack of inclusive education that represents LGBTQ people throughout the whole education system. So that's a film. Um, it's live on Kickstarter right now. It's got three weeks to go. Um, you can go to the link section28film.com to read more. If you want to go straight to Kickstarter and give us some money, it's bit.ly forward slash section28film. making sure every child has a fully inclusive education that they can actually see representation for the LGBT plus community that we can visibilise LGBT plus life and usualise them not normalise, usualise them so that all kids know that it's okay to be them and they have a safe and inclusive education across the spectrum because LGBT people are black, they're brown they're disabled they're all different walks of life social economically and we need to represent that and I think it's one of the important things for today it was really important to be here 50 years since Pride on the original Pride March route and we wouldn't not be here because we need to do so much more and the best thing we can do is give our children an inclusive education because children do not start out with prejudices they learn them and so that's why the work's vitally important and that's why we wanted to be here today so Schools Out actually founded LGBT History Month so we were the creators so Paul Patrick and Sue Saunders were the creators of LGBT History Month Schools Out Committee and we'll be celebrating school um, behind, behind the lens is the theme for next year so imagine anybody that supports kind of the, t the TV and film process but not actors and actresses and we'll be doing that whole thing through February and you can be able to buy the badges from November and support that in your workplace, in museums in libraries and schools and we just want everybody to get involved because we need to really claim our past we need to celebrate where we are but we have to go, we really have to kind of create our future and rights are not can be given can be taken away so it's even more important that we know where we've come from so if you can support LGBT History Month follow us on Twitter, Instagram and social media and LinkedIn Um, my name's Philip and I was one of the original members of the Gay Liberation Front in London and 50 years ago today I was on the first Pride March which was, um, thinking back on it, quite an amazing thing to do <laughs> because we were completely invisible in those days, there was no sign of us anywhere um, and so there's about 700 of us gathered in Trafalgar Square along with 2,000 policemen 
who had no idea what was going to happen. And we marched down Charing Cross Road along Oxford Street, and it was rather amazing. Mm-hmm. It was about visibility because um, we were saying gay is good, which mm-hmm. was something you didn't hear about them. Gays were either criminals or um, uh, sinners mm-hmm. or. Um, so it was very important. It was organised by GLF's youth group because then the age of consent for gay men was 21. Mm-hmm. So they took control of the day and we ended up in Hyde Park where we played party games and had picnics. Gorgeous. So bring food, drink and lots of love. <laughs> and one of the, because it was illegal in those days for same-sex couples to kiss in public, we would play a game where everyone sat in a circle, someone stood in the middle with a ball and just threw it blindly into the circle. Whoever caught it then had to kiss the person in the centre. <laughs> there could be anybody. And the police spotted it and they saw two people kissing and they came over. And it turned out to be a man and a woman who were enjoying themselves so much. They joined in. They yeah. couldn't do anything about it. And eventually, after a while, they just jumped in. How does it feel being here today, 50 years on? A wonderful exhilarate because we've made a lot of progress. I mean, there's still lots of things to be done. Mm. We, we can't be complacent. But it's just great to be here with what's my chosen family, my choir, the Pink mm. Singers. And, and you know people of all ages so what we were fighting for back in 72 is for the young people today and, um, and I, I'm learning as much from them yeah. as I'm, I hope they learn from me yeah. and, you know, are, so it's just, I'm always exhilarated at Pride mm-hmm. and today's no So when you first sent me that edit, yeah, I did a digger quite emotional, mm. and I think summarising it in in those clips mm-hmm. when you're there, obviously there's so much happening. You're walking along Oxford Street, you got a bus. There's a bus bumping you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people don't know what's going on because it's not you know an official march. So it was um, there was just lots of different stimulus wasn't there on the day, but so much listening to it in that um, in that clip was. Yeah, it definitely got me emotional. And my, I'd say my favourite bit was actually when they all started chanting the bottoming theme tune. Uh, I know. You know, I mean, we haven't used that for a couple of seasons, but it was just amazing that it lives it on. so, so nice. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I thought was really jarring, actually, was because, I mean, I thought about the march, but I hadn't thought about, like, other people in London just doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And so just people kind of, like, lining up in the streets and just, like, staring at us with phones. <laughs> did make me quite nervous Mm. um one thing i will say is after we were speaking to phil he was like asking about the podcast and things like that um philip sorry and we'll like like, tell him about what we do and Mm -hmm. and um why we've chosen to do this and he actually opened up about back in the day when they first started the gay liberation front they had this separate group that they would have which was kind of like kind of like group therapy where they would just talk and voice their concerns about i don't know the culture themselves what's going on um but they they called it something else which i can't remember the name of but it was basically group therapy um for each other they just yeah it, it was an opportunity for them to to speak about what was going on and not mm-hmm. keep everything obviously inside and internalize everything so i thought that was a really interesting thing because um obviously activism especially in that era 
I can't imagine how isolating and vulnerable it must make you feel mm-hmm. um, if you're speaking loud and proud about it. Mm-hmm. It's the in the first instance that people are doing that. You're gonna feel like everyone's looking at you like you're some sort of alien. Yeah, they're obviously gonna have lots of questions, lots of hate. I imagine. So the fact that they had this group, I just thought was really, really yeah beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Love chatting to him. Yeah, what a lovely man. Just a very another quick point, just for anyone that has been overwhelmed with the news recently. Mm. Um, you may have seen the news over. I think it was just after the last episode. There's the shooting in Oslo, which I think mm-hmm. we covered in the last episode. Um, in the UK again, as we mentioned about the government and especially Pretty Patel's um, like migrant policies, uh, the recent flights to Rwanda that were supposed to have flown and and have since been organised. Um, one of them did actually include an LGBT Nigerian man who had had threats against his life, um, several threats as well. And yeah, the government just still proceeded to include them in those and not grant him asylum. So it's just things like that. When you see, for example, Boris Johnson sharing a video about, you know, the success of the government's LGBT Afghan programme, mm-hmm. actually they've, they've not done anything. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a couple of cases, Max, where they've, you know, done it just enough so that they can then claim to be this open, equal world. Um, Whereas actually they're still purposefully ignoring the people are going to get killed with their policy. Um, And not just LGBT people, like vulnerable women, children, there's so many families being split up with Priti Patel and Boris Johnson's policy. Um, And yeah, it's just another reminder, isn't it? Like, especially... I think it's why I kind of had a bit of a sour taste in my mouth about Pride in London on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. Is it after seeing and being part of the one on Friday, kind of seeing what it was like on the Saturday and still seeing, you know, the Tesco van with mm-hmm. the DJ and all of that sort of stuff. It just kind of, it doesn't sit right with me mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so yeah, I think I just needed to to raise that little point as well because it was all happening at one time. People are being literally killed, mm-hmm. literally sent to their death. I know after Dublin Pride, I think it was, with five men, I think two trans men, um, especially, I think they were, they were hospitalised with broken skulls because they were attacked on the way home from Dublin Pride. And I've also seen, I believe it was a gay man's chorus um, in London. One of their um, members was brutally attacked as well the day before Pride in London, so Friday night. So it just, um, yeah, it's just quite a sober reminder that amongst all of these celebrations and protests and things, that that's the ultimate reality of life for a lot of LGBT people, not just in the UK, but around the world as well. So, yeah, that's me off my soapbox for this week. Mm-hmm. One thing to bring the note up a little bit, I will mm. say, our friend, Benjamin Dean, author oh, Benjamin it's Dean. A big week. It for is ben. a big week. We are going to be going to his first actual book launch because the other two, sadly, have been over various lockdowns and yeah. restrictions. His new book, The King is Dead, is out this week, I believe Thursday. You can get it at Waterstones, ideally, because they've got a gorgeous special edition sprayed edge cover. Um, I've almost finished it. I've been kind of keeping quiet. I haven't told them where I'm up to. Um, so the description actually says gossip girl but make it royal 
and it is a British uh, black LGBTQ reimagining um, of of the royal household, and it's filled with gags and goops and drama and mystery. Um, yeah, so go and buy that now. The King is Dead by Benjamin Dean at Not Again Ben is out already in some bookshops actually before the mm. release date. Um, so yeah, get your get your paws on that. And congratulations, Ben, because this is his third book and he's just been working so incredibly hard. Endlessly, tirelessly. Mm-hmm. What a hero. Yeah, shout out, Ben. And with that, we're going to have six months off because <laughs> <laughs> pride's exhausting. <laughs> no, it won't be that long, but it might be a couple of weeks or so. Yeah. As you move and go, go through Rwanda and uh, <laughs> do all sorts. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's your lot. I think we'll both say that the March on Friday is probably our positive thing of the week. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we don't need to go over that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope you enjoyed listening to it. For the first time this season, I think, please rate, review, subscribe. It really, really helps and mm-hmm. gets us in the charts, etc., etc. Blah, blah, blah. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. There Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And follow us at Bottoming Pod on mm-hmm. all of your socials. Not TikTok anymore because we don't do video. So yeah, I mean you could go for the archive. So you I could go and follow for the archive. Yeah, sure. Um, um, and also visit bottomingpodcast.com mm-hmm. for any bits to go along Resources, with this episode. Links, archive of episodes, pictures of the two of us by your boyfriend Sam mm-hmm. Taylor Edwards, um, and yeah. All bits and bobs. And send us mm-hmm. an email if you fancy. Mm-hmm. Go on. Bottomingpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, that's your lot. <laughs> that is your lot. We're going to go now. Thank you for listening. Stay stay proud. Stay loud. Stay safe. Okay. You're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> Love okay. you. Love you. Bye. Kisses. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.